Welcome to the Harry Potter Virgin, where three Potterheads guide a wizarding world virgin on their first journey from platform nine and three quarters. On this show, our resident muggle Rob will share his experience of reading the original Harry Potter series for the first time in his 30-something years. He'll be helped along the way by three veterans of the Potterverse. This is series five, episode four, The Herob. Today, we will be reviewing chapters seven and eight of The Order of the Phoenix. They are The Ministry of Magic and The Hearing. To help me set the scene, let me bring in my co-hosts. Welcome, Millers. Hello. And Phil. There's the face. The Prinhanda. face of what she's going to say. What? Prinhanda. Uh, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's just like good afternoon. Say it again. Uh, it's just Prinhanda. Good afternoon. Prinhanda. Uh, Prinhanda, Millers. Prinhanda. Um... Is it time for well let me let me introduce let me introduce our first feature uh have i got something to say does anyone have anything to say yeah i have several things to say okay go ahead sorry have we done away with housekeeping no no housekeeping comes after i've got something to say this is housekeeping oh for god's sake you've got to know i've got something to say is non-pod related You've just got something to say housekeeping is pod related okay i i've got something to say okay I didn't know that was a difference. That's the difference. Okay. And I didn't know um, uh, What did you do today? What? Did what? Oh, I've got something to say. That's a question. Did you go somewhere? No, it's just that you look really lush. Oh, thanks. I, I, I had a really You're busy day. Don't well, talk about... I got one of my favourite jumpers on. Right. So just to summarise, Miller's is I've got something to say is that, Phil, you look nice. Can I tell you what I did this morning, though? So I go to this thing on a Thursday, right? This is going to absolutely blow your mind. It's in this place. I don't know if you've heard of one. It's called, like, a church. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, like, really big and it's really beautiful. And it had, like, it had about six massive Christmas trees in it. And it was warm. Like, they had their radiators on and stuff. And basically, mm-hmm. right, this is literally going to blow your mind. So, like, you've got to have a kid, but that's the only rules. Yeah. And like you go in at 9:30 and there's all these absolutely banging toys like a little bouncy castle, a little ball pit, like good quality like fun toys that are a bit too big to have in your house. Right. Like, and you go there and they say, "Oh, what's your name? What's your phone number?" and you say all that. But then they don't call you. And then they say, "Oh, there's tea and coffee over there." And it's not instant coffee. It's filter coffee yeah. and there's milk and there's sugar. And they're like, oh, and help yourself to the pastries. Right. right. The best one I've been to, Phil, they bring you your co- to your coffee. They ask you what you want. They also ask you like what kind of milk you want in case you know you want, you don't want your cow milk, maybe you want your oat milk, your soy milk, your almond milk. They bring it to you, but obviously what? they know that you know, like you're running around after your babies. So they've got those like reusable like coffee cups with lids. So like, you know, if you knock it over, it's not going to be a problem. Like it's yeah. going to be warm, like for the whole session. Is that free though? Because my one's completely free. Oh no, I think it's like a pound or something. Oh yeah. And um, but no, but get this as well. After an hour of playing, they go, oh, snack time. And they put on snacks for your for your child. You don't you don't get that in London. You don't get that in London. It's the second week I've gone, honestly. Um, it's absolutely you've, you've only just found out about it. 
well, I don't tend to go out, do I? So when I now go with my with me and my friend Gunja go every week. We have like the yeah, best you, time ever. You, you should have been going for the past what five years? <laughs> five years. And I said to her today, I was like, do you think there's any chance we could just cut them when our kids go to school? Because it's so nice there. Bill, um, what what did you say the name of it of it was? Where was it? It's got it's a place called a church. A church. Wow. Yeah. And what what else? Do they do anything else, or is is this what they're, they're there they for? This fly they brought around this flyer. Well, I just cannot tell you how like stylish this place is. It's like next time I go, like the Christmas trees were just so pretty. I'm worried about it's how much time we spend talking about this church. Millers, <laughs> this is <laughs> I've got something to say. <laughs> Bill, that that's a lovely, lovely story. Um yeah. does anyone else have anything to say? No, but I do have help. Okay, that was. I've got something to say. Right, housekeeping anyone? I want to say sorry that I wasn't on the last podcast because I fell asleep feeding the baby. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. That's okay. I feel quite embarrassed about that. Why would you feel embarrassed about that? You're feeding your son, baby. We've revealed that we have a son. Oh no. I think you've said that before. Have I? Um, Data protection, GDPR <laughs> in, the, in the mud. Um, but um, also, I think we need to sort out our microphone situation. Yeah, we probably do. But this is the thing. I was thinking as we were loading up um, the software on which we uh, record this um, this podcast. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of a software called Zoom. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it. Oh, no, it's going to take money from us. We can't. What, yeah. what for saying Zoom? No, because it's you know you've got that yearly thing. Yeah, because I've got a license because I bought one during COVID, and then I bought one for this. Yeah, no, but yeah, we'll, we'll keep paying for it. Yeah, we'll, we'll bill Phil this time. Phil said she split it this time. Oh, yeah, we, last time. we wouldn't let her, but we we have to this time. Hang on, what kind of what what kind of cost are we talking? Like, what <laughs> she's gonna <laughs> backtracking big time. Let's just pin this. Like, I'm happy to pay half, but like, just so I know, because I'm budgeting. Like, what? Seriously, no, you're not budgeting. You're getting free snacks and coffee at the church. The, why do you think I go? Because <laughs> I've got <laughs> I've got Zoom memberships to pay for. <laughs> anyway, that's fine. I can like I'll I'll just. Yeah, that's fine. But like, are we talking? We talking forty pounds? We talking a hundred pounds? I I can't remember. Yeah, 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 I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. So I'll, I'll let you know when the money comes out, and you can decide what you're going to do. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so, googling it now. So, so as I was booting up Zoom, I was like, "What might be a good idea is um to do like a, a like a fake advert." Do you know what I mean? Like do a fake advert just so for people listening who who might have you know who might work in marketing or PR who've got the budget who've got the bucks might hear it and be like oh that that's a really good advert on that on that podcast and then they'll do you know what I mean it's like but then they'll find out no one listens no they no they won't they, no, they, they won't I basically I think I think we need to do something about our sound. Well, I was thinking if, if we got the, the money, if we got the, the bags in, we could buy a microphone. But as you say, Millers, money's tight. When you Have say we if we got the bags in... Right now? Absolutely not. No. Do you know what? We need to leverage this. We need to at least get the podcast to cover the annual subscription. We need to cover our costs. So we've got a new mug design. 
Oh yeah, that's that should be the housekeeping. The new mug design. Are we gonna let them see it or are we gonna do like the calendar? <laughs> I'm wondering, should we if we did it again, it like oh, it's so expensive to like get it. Thing is the mugs, the new mug design is cool, but yeah. I'm not sure, Phil, that it's worth it because the thing is mugs are just too heavy to post. Yeah, and didn't people complain that like they had a mug that chipped because it turns out it's made of China? Well, those people turned out that they would actually buy a new one. So. <laughs> oh, someone else. In fact, I've got some more housekeeping today. Oh. Housekeeping, what's it? What do we call it? I'll post mug and mail. Um, from well, someone I'm not, else. We're not doing that yet. Uh, no, oh. I'm saying that someone was like, oh, I'd, I'd buy one. Oh, right. Okay. Now we move this forward. So look, before we bring Rob in, we need to have, just have a quick chat about the chapter's thoughts quickly. What takes? What were they? So the first one was... It's Ministry of Magic and the Hearing. The hearing. Just I, great chapters. I love this because it's the first time we get to go to the ministry. Mm. And I think when I read this for the first time, you realise... Well, A, you just get a few more details, but also just little things that I think make you realise that... Magic isn't always like better in every way. Yeah, I agree. Like we have how they have those like notes going through the lift. It's like you know, like Like an internet system would be so much better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. um, But it's 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 nice, and and they found their own way. Mm. Um, It's not always, you know. I think in the early books, it's you just think, oh well, like magic is always going to be better. Um, But yeah. It's not, and obviously, and the hearing. Um, I love the hearing. I think it's great. so brilliantly written. Yeah, um, like perfect characterization of Dumbledore, and I really hope Rob loves it. Bang in. So um, yeah, I Rob obviously is a man of the law. Mm. Uh, really interested to get his thoughts on on the hearing, particularly. But I love them, and I. I will be really disappointed if we don't get if we don't get like an EE or above here. Oh, a hundred percent. Like he needs a slap if we don't get E or above. It's great. There's re- some really like great little interactions as well with um with Kingsley about Sirius, um, and then Yeah. His name? Um Perkins. Yeah, it was Love Perkins. I'm also worried because I remember the first time I read this, I was really confused. Like there was, not really confused, but I was like, so hang on a minute, like what does Fudge know? What does, who's this Umbridge character? Like the first time Mm -hmm. you meet Umbridge. I I was quite confused as to like, oh, so did they set this up or didn't they set this up or Mm -hmm. what? Rob is not going to have a clue what is going on to the point where I think he's going to think he does know what's going on and he's going to have got it wrong. Interesting. Yeah. But that's fine at this point because you're not supposed to know. No. I, when I'm worried about him not getting it is when you're supposed to definitely know and he's yeah. the other way. Mm. Um, right, yeah. Can I just show you something? You know, obviously I'm learning Welsh. This is like... Should we bring him in? Yeah. Let's bring him in. Oh, work gear today. He's been at, he's been at the law. Hello. Fresh off the commute. Fresh off the law. <laughs> the fresh. law train. What was the prediction? 
Oh, we didn't, we didn't make one. Yeah, we got distracted. The thing is, I always realise just as it's like your name's there, but it's still black. <laughs> I realise that we have. What are you drinking? Corona Zero. Oh. Is it nice? Yeah, it's the best one. It's the best one. Do you think? Oh, I missed out on that one. It is the best one. Yeah. Well, no actual beers. Welcome. How how you doing? You well? You're good. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Been at the law. Um, Phil's <laughs> working on her um, Welsh alphabet there. If you were wondering. Okay. Um, we're going to ignore that, and we're going to move straight on. Rob. I'm just going to come come straight out with it. We need a hot take, please. Chapter seven. The oh, myth. we on? Yeah, we're on. We're live. We're on. Oh shit! This is the real quiz. You have read. <laughs> I didn't even say hello, nerds, though. Oh, oh shit, you want to no. say that now? Hello, Rob. All right, nerds. Hello, mate. Um, <laughs> can we go for a hot Sorry, take? You are the nerds, aren't you? Yeah, like... yeah, we are the nerds. Oh god. Conscious of how much time. So, <laughs> your hot take on chapter seven. Um, poor good advocacy. Good advocacy what? in chapter seven. Chapter seven. The Ministry of Magic. No, oh, sorry, no introduction. Introduction to the Ministry of Magic. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, that's yeah. So, what take. did you think of it? Yeah, you haven't given any. Oh, opinion my opinion on it. Yes, hot, hot uh, take. Yeah, yeah it was all right. It. it was all right. It was kind of like it was. It was a good vehicle for her to sort of introduce some funny names of departments. Um, that went on for a bit long mm. in the old lift. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Hot take then. Chapter eight. So I enjoyed obviously the bit bit of legal action. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, His little smile. He felt, loves that. Yeah. Felt a bit like, you know, though I didn't feel a huge amount of jeopardy in it because I thought it was all going to be all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, walk through then, Phil. Oh, yeah. Okay. Minute mag. So, Harry wakes up on the morning of his trial and he goes downstairs for breakfast. So, how's Harry feeling? What's happening? What's the vibe? Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I, oh, God. You haven't read it. No, I've read it. But if, if, if we could just pull back the curtain slightly, I did read it a while ago and we were going to record and then, and then the date changed. So, I will just caveat that my memory on this might not be as hot as I usually mm. am because I'm, I'm I'm normally pretty spot on. <laughs> I think you'll agree. Um, so Harry's in a pretty vibrant mood. He is worried about the hearing. When you say vibrant <laughs> mood, like what, to me, that's like, oh, I'm getting ready for a carnival. That's not saying yeah. because I'm getting ready for a hearing, which I'm on trial. I br- I'll be honest, I said an emotion and then read your faces and then remembered that he's actually sick, sick. He's sick. It's pre-exam nerves. He's He can't get his toast down. He's really nervous. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, should I? Maybe I should do this. So basically, like, having like super nervous. Like, he's almost, what's the opposite of vibrant? Like, dull. Yeah. Um, it's 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 anxious, that, anxious that, I'd say. The real difficulty that for me that is like peak that, that is that is awful. If if I can't get my breakfast down, which is frankly, you know, one of the best meals of the day. It's the that best is a, meal that is a, of the day. That is a real benchmark. I've not been able to get my breakfast down. Even pre-exam. 
I've never not been able to eat breakfast. It's really important to eat breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so, sorry, he's he's down. He's like stressing. He's quite happy that when he goes down, even though there's lots of um, there are lots of people around. You know, kind of Tonks is there, Arthur's there, Molly's there. Um, I think Lupin's there as well. They're all kind of chatting. Some of them have just clocked off guard duty. Um, but then they seem to just be cracking on and, and letting him just process as he's really not in the mood for talking. And Mrs. Weasley is kind of fussing and trying to flatten his hair and all of these types of things. They do, they, there is this conversation about switching guard duty. And do you remember before that it was suggested that when they were all talking, when they'd overheard on the extent of all the years about guard duty, that Ron had said, oh, they always seem to be talking about guarding something. And Harry's like, oh, it couldn't have been me, could it? And they're like, oh, yeah. yeah but yeah. it's clear here that there's something else that's being guarded as well. Did, I, I imagine you had a million thoughts about that, did you? Yeah, they were talking, didn't they talk about Philosopher's Stone and some other stuff? No. Well, no, they, they talk, wouldn't have talked about Philosopher's Stone because it was destroyed, remember? Like, no, but they, they talked about like that they were guarding something previously. Yeah, in the meeting, they talked. Yeah, they, yeah. No, they didn't talk that they were guarding something, but they did um, insinuate that Voldemort might be after something that he didn't have before. And I think Sirius says the words like something like a weapon. Yeah, he's, I think he said something you can only get by stealth. Yeah. Not like a weapon. Yeah. I know, I'm just wondering, Rob, you're quite a clever guy, aren't you? Are you piecing any of this together? Uh, I would just assume he's after Harry again. Okay, so you think that they've, one of them has just clocked off guard duty, just watching Harry have, have his sleep. Is that what, is that what you were thinking? Well, I don't know, he's after something. Um, he's, well, there's, there's, he's after this big sword, isn't he? We've discussed. No, no, a big you weapon. said the sword, you said the sword. He's, after a, he's after a weapon. Right, yeah, you're right, you're right, Rob. Mm. Not sure, but that they, they were talking about a weapon, so you think that he's guarding they're guarding the weapon. Right. You think they're guarding the weapon. Lovely. Okay. So, so which um, side is a sword, we'll see. We'll see. Could be a sword, could be a sword. Um, so they 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 realise that um Harry and Arthur Weasley are going to be travelling by tube to the ministry. So we get all of that don't we with kind of Arthur busy using the tube and you probably use the tube do you use the tube most days me I yeah I use it quite often yeah yeah love you, a bit of tube. do you love it when you're reading the Harry Potter books and you're like oh this is so me like you just <laughs> the tube like you know doing my thing it's nice to have a bit of realism isn't it it's nice I to have love it grounded. that yeah I really love that um and that's why I kind of went with Harry Potter it, it is great that it has like this worldwide appeal because I do think it's easier for people like us that live in London or have lived in London or whatever and are around all of these things. Anyway, so um, they get into the ministry via the visitor's entrance, which is a bit of a novelty for Arthur Weasley. How does that work? Um, it's a secret entrance. Yeah. It round the back in some bins or something, isn't it? it um, there's a bit more to it. 
can you give me a, a little prompt? A telephone box. It's a telephone Tele box. Telephone box. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you like that? It's quite memorable, isn't it? That. But... Yeah, it's a good little London reference again as well. Yeah. I saw a bunch it... of tourists crowded around a telephone box the other day. Maybe that was the, maybe that was what they were doing. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So um, they're trying to get, so they got through the visitor's entrance. That's, for me, first time I read this, massively exciting um and then they get into the ministry of magic which is underground but there are windows that let in light and um arthur weasley explains that the um the magic in the windows is controlled by is it magical maintenance yeah um so they do still get kind of daylight in and different weather and all of those kinds of things and there's a funny joke a funny joke about how like they had like a few months of hurricanes or something last time they were angling for a pay rise Did you, were you loving that was it yeah it was good good little good little uh detail yeah, I bet you remember it all don't you and then they got down <laughs> to the atrium and like what is going through your head in the atrium. Uh, in the atrium, there's a statue there. Like, I need you to give a bit of colour here. Oh, yeah. No, the atrium, there is a big statue. What is the statue? Um, Rob, it's, the, it, it's the Fountain of Magical Brethren. Right. Do you, remember, do you remember who the different magical brethren are? I don't, I don't remember that. No. Good guesser. Go on. Have I'm worried you read the wrong. A dragon. Dragon. No. Um, no. Think about more of the magical brethren we might have encountered more uh, frequently. Padfoot and prongs. Who should I start you off? There's a witch and wizard. Mental. Now, why has he said Padfoot and prongs? <laughs> they were a crew, weren't they? They were a brethren. Yeah, but they're not going to be in the middle of the Ministry of Magic. They're a secret. They're a secret Dumbledore. gang of eagle animagi. Oh, Dumbledore? No, now. he's he's a bad he's a bad one, isn't he? I think Rob's read the wrong chapter. I've chapter read the I've read the chapters. I just didn't. No, he did. It's our fault because we were supposed to. Is, do it is the statue a big thing? You can't remember. Why? Why can't you remember? This, I guess the statue. Well, I would ask you this question, Rob. Are statues a big thing? So if you go into the Houses of Parliament, there's, I believe there's like statues, there's headfirsts, aren't there? Every single Prime Minister, and I think there's full-on statues of like a couple of them, I think Churchill and Thatcher or whatever. Do you consider them to be, that's, that tells you something about the history of the place, doesn't it? Big swingers, big swingers. But mm. the, my point is that in this chapter, that was probably just a one-liner. But no, but Rob, mm, don't you remember? Because Matt, Harry makes a promise about the statue. He'll put, he'll throw a coin in the fountain. There's only ten gallons yeah. if he gets in, off. Yeah. If he gets off, yeah, 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 yeah. Bit of a trophy fountain kind of vibe. The donations, all the money that's collected in the fountain gets donated. I believe to Saint Mungo's Hospital. Yeah. Um, basically, um. It's, I believe it's like a witch and a wizard. There's a house elf. Is there a goblin in that as well? In the fountain? I think, yeah, yeah. And, but um, kind of what Harry notices, I think, later on is that the goblin and the house elf are looking quite subservient to... They're like, oh, they're worse, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, and Harry kind of remarks in his own head that that might be typical of a house elf, house elf but it's certainly not typical of a goblin. Um, 
And I just thought you might be interested in that. Like, you, you know, you like your history. And mm-hmm. like I said, statues, you know, there's been all this massive hoo-ha, hasn't there, about like, there was, you know, with the Black Lives Matter campaign, with all of these statues and places being renamed because they were slave owners. Like, statues are very important, aren't they, in our history and in the narrative of history. Yeah. I just want want you, Rob, you you know, you understand all this stuff, don't you? Like, I'm not, uh, you know, you get all this, Mm. don't you? I bet you had a million thoughts about what this says about the fabric of the culture within the wizarding world. Also, Rob, there was a a centaur in the Fountain of... Oh, yeah. Oh, was that mentioned, though? Yes, it was mentioned. That's how she knows. Or she might know from other stuff. She's probably been there or something. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, I didn't have much thoughts about the fountain. (laughs) Although the centaurs intrigued me. Obviously, that's up to the interest. And the centaur is also looking like in awe at the the witch and wizard, which we know isn't isn't really... Is he pumped? I think he's quite pumped, is he? Yeah. I think the witch, the wizard is pumped. What? Is it? Is the centaur jacked? jacked? Oh yeah, is it pumped? As in like muscular? Yeah. Yeah. Ripped. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, got I that. thought you thought he said a rude word. What did you think he said? Rude <laughs> word that rhymes with pumped. Sort of. Okay, moving on. We're moving right on. <laughs> It wasn't supposed no, to. No, but I feel like it hadn't. I know I heard what he said, but it felt like he had some in, some insinuation. None at all. No. No, he's got literally no thoughts. <laughs> no, remember this went over his head to the point where he didn't even remember it. Not even yeah, nearly. I have to move on, Phil. I'm not sure. Yeah, let's move yeah, on. Yeah. Move on. Okay, so. Um... Okay, Harry has to submit his wand for registration. Um, again, hold sorry. on, it's Rob we're talking to. Oh, sorry. What would you say, Minders? I really love the whole like submitting your wand and it being like, yeah, registered and you get a slip. Yeah. It's like the court, um, you know, stuff getting scanned. It's exactly like that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I said, I did put here, what do you think of their entrance system? Oh, no, I said, what do you think of that? No, I wrote, what do you think of that intranet system? And I was referring to the memos in the lift. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The memos, like, kind of coming into the lift with them and shooting out on the right floor. Yeah, did you like that? And they explained nice. that they used to use owls, but there was, like, a big mess. And Yeah, I enjoyed that little detail. Droppings everywhere. It's cool, because, like, when I was in primary school... Um, like I know what you would we were just saying before you came in about how it is in so many ways less efficient than just being able to email each other which would be how we would communicate and it definitely is less efficient than that but I remember when we were in primary school at Christmas time there was a letterbox and you could post like your Christmas cards to your mate big time yeah and then like you'd come out so basically you'd be with your class you take all your le- like <laughs> cards, your cards, post it down the corridor in the letterbox, and then they get delivered like back to your class. And actually, that was like so much more fun. Yeah, that was very exciting. So a, bit I was like, Lou, a bit like oh no, Lockhart's um, Valentine's, Valentine's message. Yeah, 
would you would you send to everyone in your class yeah, or just the people you fancied was it for christmas or for valentine's christmas as well christmas everyone yeah everyone uh, Rob's, Rob hasn't got time for that. Yeah. Well, Rob, what age did you He's got that. Um... In primary school, you know, you have to, you have to write to everyone. Nah, Rob. School. Rob had that S club dance to learn. He didn't yeah. have time. He didn't have time to write letters. Sorry, sorry, Kelly Tipper's not getting a Christmas card, mate. Who's <laughs> Tipper's? Got stuff on. <laughs> we also we we made all our Christmas cards. What your family did? No, like we. Who? You and me? No, me and my, like, we, but like, as in, like, it was, it was made literally by us, like, they looked terrible. Right, okay. Oh, really? Oh, you, you made them in school? It, you know, yeah. No, 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 and we made them at home. Oh, right. But they weren't like, you know, like, you know, you get nice ones now where they're done like a family photo. It wasn't like that. It was like. Oh, no, ours was like a pack. Glitter and glue. That's even oh. less incentive to send it to everyone if you've got to make them as well. Yeah, but yeah. that's an activity that probably, like, killed a load of time for my mum. Yeah, I suppose so. Like, I used to, at Christmas, I would always do, like, this show down my road. So I was always, always in the show. And um, I remember, like, I had to do all my Christmas cards. So I'd sit there at the table, like, backstage doing all my Christmas cards. And it was like I had, like, work to do. Yeah, yeah. I was, like, probably, like, seven. Like, all my fan mail. Sorry, guys. I've got to do my Christmas cards. Um, yeah, so anyway, I was just musing about that. I don't know if you've done this before, but favourite Christmas songs? Have we done this? I think we have. Um, yeah, Rob's is shaking but, Stevens. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, can I just say, at the moment, I've rediscovered um, Kelly Clarkson, Underneath the Tree. Yeah, it's a great song, but Phil, it's the 24th of November. I shouldn't. No, we've started already. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be doing that. December, Phil. You shouldn't be doing that. Oh, but by the time this goes out, we will be December. Upstairs started. Upstairs started a few weeks ago. <laughs> it's leaking through. You don't like it. <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? You can't complain about Christmas or you'll regret. Not when our baby starts shrieking at 5am every morning. You yeah. can't. <laughs> Sorry, can you just turn a holy night down a little bit? Um, okay, so moving on from that, um, it obviously it's mentioned in the list. You said that you get to hear about lots of different department names. You you said you liked that. Did you like that? It was it was obviously like you know, it was a good joke. It was a good vehicle for for naming ridiculous departments. Yeah, but it felt like it went on for ages. Like at every floor. Well, yeah, there was really a different department on every floor. And, and I know, but place. do we need to go through every floor? It was, it was fine. It was a good joke. It's not for me, but you know, I'm <laughs> sure people liked it. I'm sure, you were absolutely pissing yourself. Rob, yeah, yes, I was, yeah. my my view on that is that it, they're not. It's not jokes. It's not just a joke. It's no. It's giving you like some depth and colour to the world. It's and these so, things come back at first time we've been in the ministry. Mm. Yeah, it's a big intro. Seriously, you're assuming that this is a like a throwaway. All these are throwaway lines, and that we're not going to hear them or come back to them later. Do you think she knew what the story was going to be when she wrote these department names, or and she was going to come back to them, or do you think she just wrote them off, and then when she was trying to make up the story later on, she she came back to them to weave them back in? I think somewhere in between, I think 
I imagine I've never I'm I don't like writing and I've never written a, a book but I imagine she, she's kind of she's let she's kind of sowing lots of seeds as potential storylines later I don't believe that when she wrote the first book she knew every single thread that was going to weave through every single book but I do think you know she's she she's giving herself options basically for later on so when she's on you know book seven she can look back at this list and be like oh you know department of wiggly frogs or whatever I can bring them back in like weave something back into them so what what level was the department of wiggly <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> well, it's what it's what's called in media world building, Rob. Um, some people love it. Some people literally cannot get enough of this stuff. They want granular detail on every minute uh, bit of information about a, an imaginary world. Um, not you. That's fine. I suppose. Let's move on, Phil. What level? That's fine. Got? It just doesn't bode well for your future writing, unfortunately, because this is creative writing um phil phil it doesn't bode well (laughs) touch me do you get get it wrong do you love it doesn't doesn't bode well (laughs) (laughs) look at his face we also look at his face we need to get on. Yes, we do. Let's press on. Okay, let's press on. Right. So anyway, um, on the way to the misuse of Muggle Artifacts office, which is Arthur Weasley's office, um, we pass the Aura office and we see Kingsley. Um, Do you remember the kind of conversation that happens here? Yeah, they have a bit of a, um, they have a sort of uh, quiet conversation direct about secret stuff and then a loud and then one almost like a staged conversation yeah for they? everyone else to hear so they're like staged persona is that they're two people that don't get along and they don't see eye to eye and they've got like yeah. a fractious relationship but obviously we know that they're mates and they hang out and obviously they're both in the order and it's it's that that they're looking to hide they don't want people to think that they're close so that they're not connected and um mm. linked to the order and all of those types of things um kingsley is head of what what, what is he focused on in his aura stuff the search for oh he's looking for Sirius Black absolutely and um, he passes Arthur a magazine and says you should give this to him he might find it amusing Um, I'm just wondering do you remember it comes up later on how he has a look at this magazine in Arthur Weasley's office Do do you remember the name of the magazine I do not sir it's called the quibbler just so you know. The quibbler. The quibbler, yeah. Um, so what's Arthur Weasley's office like? Oh, he's got lots of lots of little kind of trinkets and bits and bobs. Mm, it's like described as almost like a broom cupboard and it has no windows. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what I was getting getting at. Um, yeah, Harry has a little look at the paper that was given um by Kingsley for Sirius, and the paper is called the, the Quibbler. Um, and then all of a sudden, Perkins, who's the old wizard, the other member of the department, um, of Arthur's department, rushes in and um, delivers an urgent message. And what does this message say? It's been a, it's been a change of time. Absolutely. Is um, this usual practice? Yeah, change of court. That happens, Ooh. does it? Yeah, yeah, that does happen, actually. 
because because the court system's on its knees it's a shambles but oh, right. this this is more uh uh calculated isn't it potentially it feels it doesn't it so yeah. um the 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 time of the hearing has changed and rather than being at 10 o'clock it's happening like like now essentially and so... that's a lesson on getting there early isn't it yeah, yeah we don't have that these it. days phil i reckon you're a kind of a johnny come lately right okay let me tell you something rob let me tell you something i very much used to be but rob i'm a professional and i get places early now okay but if we were like meeting for a coffee at three i reckon I'd be there you'd, by three. you'd be bustling in at 3 15 no i like get a little there, bit fussled. i get there for three because i plan to get there for quarter to three and i probably okay. get there for three well i respect but you, i've been there since the 2 right... yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just spend my life waiting for people. Yeah, you are totally on the right vibe that I am like that classic creative airhead, like <laughs> rock up late. But I've done and trained myself a lot to not be not not show those traits anymore. Um, but I certainly wouldn't be there at two fifteen. Um, so you have different traits because I'm never. I would like. I'm never like in anything at work but I'm always late to anything social yeah it's interesting isn't it I've disrespect 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 um well I'm I'm really bad at like like time I'm really bad at judging how <laughs> I always think I can do like one more thing before I leave the house mm. it's harder in London because it's less I, predictable how long it's going to take to get different places yeah and so I let's move on so the time yeah. has been changed the court that it's in has been changed as well very significant it's been moved to a different part of the ministry phil yes absolutely so it's down in old courtroom 10 so they run back to the lift and they go all the way down to the bottom floor um which i don't know if you remember what else is on this floor what's on the floor they've gone down to um it's a department it's the penultimate floor, the isn't it? It's, a, it's as far as the lift goes down. Right. Thank you. And it's the Department of Mysteries. And the lift doors opens and Harry can see a long corridor with a door at the end of it, a plain black door at the end of it. Now, Harry expects to go all the way down this corridor, but as they get out of the lift, they take an immediate right and go down some a set of stairs. And then they get to um, courtroom. Sorry, he pulls them to the left and they go down some more stairs. Sorry. Um, Mr. Weasley's really confused. He makes a few like flustered comments of, well, they haven't used these courtrooms for years. Why have they put you down there? Blah, blah, blah. And he seems quite frustrated as to mm. why the hearing has taken place down here. It feels like a bit of a forgotten part of the ministry. And as they get to outside the door, he kind of explains to Harry that he's not allowed to go in with him, which is quite bad. And you'd imagine for like an underaged, an underaged person that you would be allowed like a, a representative, like a parental figure of some form, but he's not mm. allowed in. And he wishes Harry luck and kind of hands him in. And mm. that's the end of the chapter. So... We move on to chapter eight, which is the hearing. And 
Rob, Harry enters the courtroom. We just pick up straight up where we left off and he realises that he has not just seen it before, uh, he says, he's been there before. And mm. where does he recognise it from? It was when he went in through the pensive and he saw the trial of um, the... Uh, That's okay, you've tried really hard. It's the, the son of the fella. Mm. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Lestrange's child and Barty Crouch Jr.'s trial. Yes. So essentially, Death Eater trials, that's the last time he was in there. And I don't remember, do you remember that, like, I can't, I don't know if we kind of did this the full discussion or if this was more something that we discussed once you'd gone, but they're almost similar to the Nuremberg trials, aren't they? That's what I liken these trials to. It was the bringing to justice all of the people after the war. Hmm. Basically, it's the only time we've seen this before has been for pretty serious crimes. That Rob's thing. I bet Rob's brain is just like, oh, with all of this. I bet he can sleep, is there? So who... I'm imagining he's on like a little stool and there's like a massive sort of circular bank of uh, desks. High desks. Yeah, it certainly sounds like a very intimidating space, yeah, like a himself. deliberately intimidating space. Yeah. And who do we learn is running the show? Who is going to be leading proceedings? It's the head, the head honcho, old yeah. uh, purple stripy suit. Yeah. It's Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic, has mm. come down, um, and he's going to be leading the whole proceedings, and. Um, there are a couple of other people who are also going to be, I think Fudge calls them interrogators. Do you remember any detail about, about those people who is sat kind of close to Fudge? Yeah, there's there's no woman who's like a big, she's got a big sort of um, fat face, a bit like sort of... Yeah, like a flubby face. Sort of, yeah, like the, um, I imagined her like the pink hippo from Rainbow. Okay. George, is that George? George. George. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's described as more like a toad than a hippo, but toad. I get, I get yeah, the, that sort of bulbous um under under like neck. Mm. Yes. Sort of chin thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot lot going on beneath the bullfrog between the chin and the chest. Mm. There's a lot of stuff going on there. It's quite good though because it's got the pinkness. Yeah, it's got the pinkness, hasn't it? It's got the roundness as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, but George is too, like, he's all friendly, isn't he? <laughs> and a hippo's got really tough skin, whereas I m imagine her skin to be more like, um, like a bit, like, um, like thin and, like, jangly. Yeah, yeah, baggy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, like, yeah, baggy. So there's also, Rob, the head of magical law. So, so the one that you are talking about is the... Uh, under secretary to the minister and then there's also the head of magical law enforcement which makes sense obviously we're in a trial and that's madam bones okay okay who else that we are familiar with does harry notice is sat nearby taking minutes it's taking minutes oh it's the it's brother weasley isn't it percy mm -hmm. percy's there as well yes, little weasel yeah literally being a weasel mm. so fudge he reprimands harry um for being late and 
the hearing is just about to begin. Fudge is just listing off the sort of official, like, you know, leading the proceedings is this person and this person. And then who breezes into the room? Here he is. Like in a cinematic moment to to finish the list for him with witness for the defence. It's it's a a bit AD. Yeah, it's big AD. It's big Albus Brian Wolfick Percival uh, Dumbledore. Is that right? Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Brian Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Brian? Yeah. Yeah, Brian. Brian. What's your beef? Just a bit normal compared to the others. I think that's the point. And um, yeah, Dumbledore breezes in and he declares himself Harry's um, sort of witness. And Dumbledore noticeably doesn't doesn't look at Harry. He won't he won't look at Harry in the face. Um, the Fudge is obviously a bit kind of uh, fussled, as I think you might say. He's not happy mm. that Dumbledore's turned up and. What's the suggestion, do you think? What's the subtext of the exchange that Fudge and Dumbledore have about the um, the change in proceedings? Yeah, the suggestion is basically they've tried to make it so that Harry will be late and Dumbledore won't be there and they can just rush it through without him having a proper defence. I think you're absolutely right, Rob. That's exactly what is being suggested. And as you said, it's a testament to arriving early. Because Dumbledore says, as a sort of like a happy accident, I arrived three hours early, so no problem at all. It's funny, like you and Dumbledore, like in so many ways, like very similar, but in lots of ways, very, very different. <laughs> Do you mean because Rob doesn't normally wear heels? I mean, because like, yeah, like they're both early, but like Rob struggles with like imagination. <laughs> so what then follows is a is a sequence that I'll admit I find rather frustrating, um, which is where Harry is constantly being interrupted um, mm-hmm. because Fudge is sort of going through the, the facts of the case. And Harry's constantly saying, yes, but, and before he can say anything, he's being sort of cut off. I think you're and- supposed to be frustrated, mate. Yeah. Well, yeah, you are, obviously, yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. It's, it's, it's supposed to be frustrating. And... What we basically established during this exchange is that Harry admits to uh, casting the Patronus and doing it in a muggle inhabited area and doing it in the presence of a muggle. Basically, he, he admits to everything. But obviously, he's trying to get out the mitigating circumstances. And what is the response of particularly Madame Bones, but it also seems to be shared by quite a lot of the people to to the events as they unfolded. What's the reaction? Yeah, like what's their reaction, particularly to the magic that Harry to did? To the Patronus. They're surprised, basically, that he was able to do it at his age, that he was able to sling one out. Impressed. Impressed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. She, she thinks it's very, very impressive uh, that he could make a corporeal Patronus, so a Patronus that has a fixed, recognisable, physical... Uh, form, not just like a wispy uh, smoke. And uh, sorry, let me go back to this. I keep getting distracted by the football. To be, to be no, perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, let's turn it off. It's over. It's over. So Fudge is very quick to point out, though, that the 
Um, the quality of the magic is not what is being assessed here. It's whether or not Harry has broken the law. And we basically get into a situation of there's one witness who is called in by Dumbledore. Who is that, Rob? The witness is, so this is the, I can't remember her name, but the old lady who lives across the road, who yeah. is, an un, un, is a squib. Yes, Arabella Fig is called in and she very nervously recounts her version of the events. And again, what's the, what's the subtext here, Rob? Harry's sort of picking up on, on something here with her version of the events. She is what we call in the trade a shitness. <laughs> she is a shit witness she's been called in because she is a squib and and like sort of, they can sort of undermine her and she's she's basically been been called as like an unreliable witness that can be pulled apart a bit well it's 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 well, the defense which is not because she's been called by dumbledore yeah it's the defense who's called her oh. she's a defense's witness but i get what you're saying she is she she is, if you, if you will, a bit of a shitness because she keeps making sort of errors. And Harry gets the feeling that this may have been something that she's tried to memorize. That she's not, uh, yeah, she's not necessarily authentically recalling it from from her memory. She may have yeah. had to sort of memorize this. And there are things about her description of the Dementors, where like she just calls them big, wearing cloaks. That that don't sound particularly convincing. But the yeah, I did I did think some of it sounded like it was me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Giving the yeah. description. Were they dogs? I think. <laughs> yeah, no, she so basically she she very nervously corroborates Harry's story and, and basically tells it as Harry um would have told, which is that some dementors appeared out of nowhere. They were gonna attack him and Dudley. He was left with no other choice but to um, to attack. So then Fig is dismissed, and we basically get into a um, a stalemate between Fudge and Dumbledore. Do you remember what that is regarding? It's about the Dementors, and basically neither of them will give ground. Do you remember what they're they're both saying? Is it about whether he would have? been able to see him off or not no no it's not it's not to do with that so once fig leaves fudge says well you know now we're going to get on with it now because there obviously weren't dementors there that's what fudge says and fudge says and dumbledore says well if the ministry are in control of the dementors then i'm sure there will be you know a full investigation into whether you know, into why they were there. Mm. And Fudge says, so so Dumbledore is insinuating that either somebody from the ministry sent them. Yeah. Or, or they've got no control. Them. Yeah. And Fudge won't accept either premise. He yeah. is obviously working on the premise that this is completely made up. And it is particularly the sort of toady-faced woman who responds to Dumbledore's accusation or veiled accusation that the Dementors are under the control of somebody else and she sort of leans forward and do you remember her name Rob? I don't I don't unfortunately the toad woman 
That's okay. Her name's Dolores Umbridge. Right. Okay. So Dolores Umbridge sort of leans forward. Do you remember anything about her voice? Her voice is quite um, specifically described. Oh, it's quite sort of deep and horrible. Toady. No, that's all right. You've made a guess. That's that's what Harry would have guessed, but actually right. it's the opposite. It's it's quite sort of tittery and girlish and oh, right. um a lot softer than Harry was expecting. Uh, but not in a way that he's comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah. Doesn't make him feel comfortable. He doesn't like it. So it's basically, you know. A case of do the 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 wizengamot as they're called. Do the court believe Fig and Harry? Because mm. if they do, Dumbledore is very clear to point out that the circumstances fall perfectly within um, a, a legal framework that is set up to allow underage wizards to do magic if there are urgent life-threatening reasons to do so. Yes. So it's purely a question of if you believe the Dementors were there, Harry's innocent. If you don't believe they were there, he's guilty. And Dumbledore just, you know, he's playing the whole thing very cool. And he basically lays it out like that and says, all Harry and I can do is, is wait for you guys to decide. And he basically forces the issue and gets them to make, he wants a decision there and then. Mm. And what is the decision? Well, they let him off. They agree with Harold. Yeah. And how do they do uh, justice, Rob? Is there, is there like a, a jury of um, of Harry's peers who've been sat at the side listening to proceedings who who go away and deliberate? How's it How's it done? No, it's just it's just a vote of the of the um, the judges, as it were. Yeah, the Wizengamot, the the representatives of the Wizengamot, they just raise their hands. We've seen this before with the uh, Lestrange and uh, Barty Crouch Junior trial. It's just a mm. show of hands, or if they're going to convict or. Uh, what's the opposite of convict, Rob? Uh, what's that called? When acquit? Acquit. Yeah, good. Victor acquit. So Harry is acquitted of all charges, cleared of all charges. He is free to go. Hammer down, bang. How does Fudge feel about it? Fudge is livid. Dumbledore just sort of uh, blusters off without looking at Harry. Yeah, what's that all about, Rob? He's just come in to do his job, hasn't he? He's not doesn't want to show any sort of friendship or familiarity. He's just got to do do his job. Doesn't why? want to why was raise he, any why issues. Why is he being like that? Well, I guess he didn't want to raise any issues of 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 it, him clearly being like, you know, pal's favoritism for Harry. Right. He was just trying to be impartial. He was just going to come in, do do the legal bit that was required. Hmm get out of there with the result. And the other thing that Dumbledore is really clear to point out during that, that exchange, um, which is kind of hard to go through bit by bit because they're constantly sort of back and forward, back and forward to each other. But he does point out because Fudge is trying to use a bunch of what I think you might call sort of circumstantial evidence against Harry. He's sort of yep. saying like, oh, well, he did this two years ago and he did that three years ago and, oh, his behaviour at school is terrible. And Dumbledore just stays very sort of cool and calm and says, you know, Harry's not on trial for those, uh, mm. for those events. And 
very importantly, he points out that the ministry has no jurisdiction within yep. Hogwarts. They, they've got no right to take somebody's wand or to um, expel a student from Hogwarts. So Dumbledore's also, in a very public way, giving Fudge a bit of a, you know, back off. Yeah, he's undermined him. Yeah, back off, keep away from my school. And yeah, Dumbledore breezes out. Harry almost can't believe that it's all over so quickly. He thought it would, you know, not take a bit longer. He's in two minds about whether to say anything. But before he knows it, the vote's there. Majority rule. Harry's cleared. School's so got, out for the summer. Yeah, he's going back to Hogwarts, Rob. Are you surprised? Whoop. And I mean, uh, you know, without being cynical about it, like, obviously, I kind of knew he was going to be all right. Because there's more book to come. How did you like that? Um, that 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 kind of legal legal drama. Yeah, enjoyed a bit of well, obviously the the frustration, right, of of it being unjust and and him just being there on his little tiny stool, getting like what happened dictated to him, um, and his character being called up and that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And a bit of bit of advocacy from AD just coming in, sort of giving it giving it cool, calm facts back, flat batting him back. Yeah, I I, I, I I love it. I absolutely love this chapter. So that's the end of the chapter, Rob. It's time for um What are your ratings? What are your ratings? What are your ratings? What are your ratings? It's ratings time. Go on then, Rob. Let's have a rating for Chapter 7, The Ministry of Magic. It's an A. Acceptable. Okay. Um, okay. A bit of fun. Um, what about for the hearing, Rob? It's an E. Aye. 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 the Lord for that. Bit of, Phil, what would you have said if I'd said P? I think you would have exploded. T for Trump. I would have, like... If you'd have said P, I would have been like, you're taking this. I, I think actually I'd be more offended if you'd have said A again, because I'd have just been like, <laughs> you are definitely reading the wrong book. He's like, forgotten the you, other letters. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't think, I don't think you've read enough to know what an acceptable chapter is in life. Interesting theory. Do you know what I'm saying? Because like, these chapters... In any other book, you throw just a random Harry Potter chapter in and it's banging. Yeah, and but also remember, like, he's comparing, like, he's also not comparing it to a children's book. He's comparing it to non-fiction, which isn't, is nowhere near as exciting as fiction anyway. I, yeah, I have read some fiction. Um, what fiction have you read? I was reading oh. fiction last year, remember? What, like a yeah. sexy one? Wasn't it like a weird one? Was there a sexy one? Was it a weird one? I'd imagine so. <laughs> what were you reading? Shades <laughs> Darker. Like <laughs> Jilly, Jilly Cooper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jodpers. Jilly's Jodpers. Uh, I can't remember. I'll send you a list. Okay. You no, know one Jilly Cooper. Who? Long time yeah. the show. You did? No, long time friend of the show. We can't say that. Long time friend of the show. Just like whisper it. Oh, Rob, why are you so silly? You dress like a mud girl and you look like a Weasley. Oh, Rob, why?
what do you think? You stupid muggle lunches drive our listeners to the brink. Damn muggle. I think, she, oh, I think she's mentioned that. Yeah, or she wouldn't even care if you said this. Right, muggle mail, what do we have? Okay, Rob, I'm mm. sending you some photos. Oh, this is exciting. Multimedia experience. Um, from... Long time friend oh, of the no, show. No, actually, no. From oh. real... Oh. Well, she's from real. It's from a real fan, but she is one of our like OG real fans. From OG real fan. Um, she's a crossover in the in the Venn diagram. Oh, Jenny. Oh, yeah, I remember. Okay, um, Jenny. Jenny. Where's that? Hey, okay. What we got? Now I need to find. Dead air. I've not received an image. No, I'm trying. I'm struggling to share it. Have you got that, Rob? I have got that. I'm looking at two images of, what was this called? Jenny? Yes, Jenny. Yeah, but who is she? It's got to be Dobby, isn't it? That's Dobby. That's an amazing Dobby. Yeah, had, so good. That is commitment. I mean, I've, I've got to ask. Oh, yeah, she explains. I've got it. Yeah, please, please explain. She For said, the benefit of the listeners, let's let's explain. She actually said, I feel a responsibility to send you these photos as me in fancy dress as Dobby. Thank you, Jenny. They are incredible. Yeah, they are. Very good. Context, I shaved my head for charity when I was 18. Oh, my God, 18. Brave. Yeah. Um, but kept it shaved for a few extra months to go to this event. <laughs> what legend. Well, this is a massive dedication. <laughs> it's legendary. That's, that's so funny. But it's like proper, like, it's like close shave. Yeah, it's like, really yeah. close. Yeah, and also, like, why wouldn't you just, like, go, I'm going to shave my hair for charity. I'll do it, like, the day before the event. You know, like, specifically wanting for the event. Just, like, you do it, and then you're like, oh, they fucking moved the event. It's been five months. <laughs> there must have been a reason what to do it at the right t- at, at, the, at the time. But, no, it's properly, like, um, what would I... Well, it's like Dobby. It's like Dobby. It's yeah, brilliant. She My initial... Phenom. She's got a great... She's got a great face. She, yeah. She's My, it off. Good she face. Incredible eyebrows. I thought yes. that about the eyes... My initial observation, though, wouldn't be about the eyebrows. It would be, it'd be about the fact that no one else appears to be in fancy dress. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't yeah, look like just a fast a, food restaurant. I mean, a spoons. That's a spoons. That is, must be a spoons. It does look like a spoons. Jenny's British, it? right? Yeah. That's a spoons. Surely. Can you ask her where it was? Like that? Yeah. Mu- oh no, it says lift. Maybe it's a hotel. No, it's they, they do. spoons. In spoons sometimes. What kind of spoons have you been to with a lift? <laughs> sure, I've been to a No, this isn't the spoons. Look, they didn't have these menus like this. Erica's Hotel. Like... Whiskey, fish and chips. Oh, yeah, it says bre- breakfast. breakfast. In Scotland. Freshly ground ca- coffee. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, think it's, Train. I think it says Whitby. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh. I thought it was whiskey. <laughs> whiskey, fish and chips. <laughs> What's whiskey, fish and chips? Whitby. It's Whitby. Oh, wow. Okay, brilliant. Been... What's the last one? Trees? It looks like trees. <laughs> anyway, Phil, I think that's just in your camera roll. There's only two pictures. <laughs> no. no, but um, the end of the menu, it says oh. breakfast, oh, whiskey, fish just... and chips, freshly grown you... coffee, and then what? I told my Tea. Teas. No, it's not teas. I don't know what it is. So... Anyway, thank you so <laughs> much, Jenny. Those are amazing. You look exactly like Dobby. Well done. Okay, so... We got some uh, muggle mail from wedding photographer. Oh, Shetter and Joy. Shetter and Joy, yeah. 
Um, so she says, Rob, I really appreciated your wizard brackets general comment when identifying a fancy dress costume. I'm assuming influenced by the great Ellis James and John Robbins. Very true. Yep. Um, she also she also says, talking about giving ha- clothes to house elves and laundry. House elves are marked by the fact they wear tea towels, etc., as they can't accept clothes. However, it makes no sense that they are always described as being grubby and old. The following is all in caps. Give your elf a new loincloth, you cheapskates, for crying out loud. I mean, it's a fair point. Although, surely they can't give them that because a loincloth is... Clothes. Also clothes. Mm. I th- I agree. I think the, the the grubbiness is to suggest that they don't have time to look after themselves because they're always doing things for other people. Other people, mm. yeah. So they do have so their own good. very powerful brand of magic. I think they should just yeah. be able to scourge you that. Or maybe it's a sign in, in elf. It's obviously kind of house elf-like culture and ethics is like really unusual to us. Mm. It's fair to say. And maybe the dirtiness of the cloth is the sign of the commitment. Yeah, I agree. I like that. Yeah, because Dobby, even when he's a free elf, is um, although doesn't wear proper clothes, is very his clothes are very well looked after, aren't they? But yeah. he's very unusual as a house. Mm. Yeah, the rest of them are like blowing their noses on it and stuff. Yeah, maybe you're right. It's like, um, you know, it shows, yeah, how dedicated they are to their masters as rather than to themselves or whatever. Mm. Okay. But, I- but also, they're, like, always working, and their work is largely to do with cleaning and tidying up or whatever, and it's like, if you were going to paint a room, you'd put on the clothes that you're happy to get messy. And so it's almost like their uniform is, like, their... Rough stuff, you know. Um, uh, yeah, she also sent a voice note. Hi, guys, wedding photographer here, also known as Rachel. Oh, yeah, Rachel. Um, I was thinking that Rob saying that he uh, wouldn't eat a a, a skiving sweep from the Weasley twins and would want to stay in class and things like that would put him out of the four of you, probably. Mrs. Weasley's favourite. Uh, I wondered if you agree and where you would place the rest of you three. <laughs> Brilliant. I um, guess Rob. I can't see Rob. Where's Rob gone? Rob, Rob, you're still there. You're still there. Yeah, I'm still there. Where have you, you gone? Go yeah, it's fine. It's, it's, it's just cameras off. Brilliant, brilliant oh. message. Thank you, Rachel, and thank you for reminding us of your name. Also, she looks like a Rachel. Um, yeah, Rob, Rob was nodding his head in agreement uh, throughout that message of pretty much everything that you said. I mean, uh, where do we think the others of us would go? I think Phil is definitely least favourite. Why? Yeah, tear away. Well, she just, there's no way Molly Weezy would stand for Phil. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't stand for a nonsense. <laughs> yeah, she would find. Yeah, but I charm her, I charm her. Would no, find you test no, I think she, yeah, she, she might tolerate you, Phil, but like, I think she would to- like, she would tolerate you. Hmm. Do you know who's manipulative? Miller's my daughter, yeah, because right, she's relevant to our discussion, yeah. Hold on, yeah, 
Oh, just I'm like... Up and I've got something to say next. To, oh, next no, but, no, but I just mean, like, in this is probably what I was just thinking then, what I would do with Mrs Weasley if she, like, was finding me really annoying. I do exactly what Sky's doing at the moment, which is when I tell her off and I say, so, Sky, why do you keep coming downstairs? Like, why do you keep coming downstairs when it's bedtime for two hours? And she goes like this. She goes, oh, um, Mummy, the thing is, is um, I just really love you. <laughs> oh yeah that's what she does oh, that's brutal and I was just but it was funny because when you said all oh, like she would love me because I charm her I'd find ways around it I think she, I think she'd love you Millers yeah no, I, I think you're quite of, sensible Millers pardon you're quite sensible yes I oh, know I don't I think she'd prefer me to you <laughs> oh god yeah uh Ronnie Weasley has what five sons yes come on she'd love her no I just think she loves she like I think she'd love these two annoyingly like too much I think they would get away with more also how much would she love us just like putting away three plates of crumble and that kind of stuff exactly she mm. you know annoy annoy her about you Phil when she gives you her crumble and you only oh, take it part. Yeah. yeah, that would piss her yeah, off. She would be really annoyed by that. She, you, oh, the thing is, nice pork and apple, and you just eat the apple sauce. Oh, that'd be so good. But the thing is, is that like I've got to say, like as much as I can see that, yes, Rob would be the golden child. Like King is also a bit of a like golden child. Yeah, I agree with that. I Do think he's I mean? he's going to be up there, old sort of head boy material, he's, isn't he? He's not as grumpy as Rob. Do you think? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Not when you're like on four. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go, Rachel. Me and Rob would get away with whatever we wanted. Millers would be, um, you know, brackets other general child, mm. and Phil would be um, the one that Molly would, you know, really clash with. I think I think that's pretty accurate. I, I'm not sure even that she'd clash with. I think you're right, Phil. I think that you might charm a bit, but I think she would. She wouldn't want any of her sons. And you go with Phil. <laughs> yeah, there'd be a bit of bit of despair, wouldn't there? There'd be a as bit of as long as as long as it's platonic, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've I've, I've noticed uh, you've been hanging around with Phil a bit, and I just wanted to say I, I just I just don't want to see that anymore. There'd be that kind of little side chat. You know it's what she's like as a mate. What do you think about company that you keep? Yeah, how they might influence your choices. Yeah, yeah. I'm trusting you, <laughs> you a space to make your own choices. Okay, <laughs> and if you want to ask us, ask her to the prom, don't bother because, <laughs> <laughs> because apparently she's got everyone asking her. <laughs> I think we might have made her go red again. No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Just delighting. Right, what next? Can can we um? Can we ask uh, Becky? Sorry, Jenny. Um, can Rachel. we ask? Oh, Jenny. Can we ask just a callback? Can we ask Jenny where she was for this event and yeah, and whether it was a fancy dress party? You've asked her. That's it. Brilliant. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Jen. What else do we have in the in the? Oh, board? Rob, have you seen the new mug design? I have not. No. Shit! I'll send it. Let me see if I can find it. And that's all we have in terms of uh, Muggle Mail for you there, Rob. So 
uh, yeah, A&E, not bad for chapters seven and eight. So we need to give you chapters for next week um, or next next time, I should say, more realistically. Chapters nine and ten, Millers, what do we have? Order of the Phoenix, chapter nine. What's that called? The Woes of Mrs. Weasley. The Woes of Mrs. Weasley. Rob? Mm, the aforementioned Mrs. Weasley. Maybe Phil's been playing up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's 10 millers. Luna Lovegood. Okay. Okay. Have, well, we haven't met her before, have we? No. Nope. No, we haven't. Because it sounds, obviously it sounds, you know. She's quite an iconic filthy. character. <laughs> again, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make a thing of it, but we've got to acknowledge that that is clearly. Do you know what? I'd never thought I've that. Never. No, I've got to be kidding me. No, I'm not Come kidding. On. I have kidding. never no. ever thought of Luna Lovegood being dirty until, until the second it came out of Miller's mouth just then. And then I thought, oh no, he's going <laughs> to, he thinks she's, he thinks it's like James Bond or like something. Like a porn <laughs> name. Pussy yeah. Girl or whatever. Yeah, it is very much in that wheelhouse, isn't it? No, no it, it isn't, isn't mate. Oh, it's it's I'm not. sorry, but this is this is the sort of you're too into it. This is the fresh eyes take on this. No, but if you step back and think it, about that, children, yeah, but, Rob, children. No, but I'm not a child. If I'm reading it, right? They are children. With a, no, the characters are children. The characters are children. Oh, is Luna Lovegood a child? Yes. Mm. Oh, for f <laughs> all right. Well, I didn't know that, but you know, right. Well, that's it, Rob. You can go. Thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome. See you soon, mate. I love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 So he's gone. Thoughts? I mean, this was a classic. He'd read it too long ago for any sensible discussions to be had. Mm. Yeah. And this is one of the problems with. Podcast. How we're doing it and, and it going a bit too slowly, but you know, we're doing our best. Bill? Yeah. I'm just like, I don't think that first chapter is an except is an A. So that, that pissed okay, me off a little I think, bit. I think that all the things that Rob doesn't, all the things that I really like, where you get just a little bit of like color for the magical oh. worlds. And it just, I think it just like enriches it. Mm, he doesn't really get it. He dismisses it. He doesn't like yeah. it. Yeah. He just, yeah. He, he never appreciates those things. And yeah. it seems to be focused on them being for um, entertainment he thinks, value. He thinks they're throwaway, doesn't he? Yeah. Like all like, yeah, one liners. Something to fill the book up. Yeah. yeah. It's like, mate, it's a big book. She had like, you know, she could have cut this out if it wasn't important. But, but also, like, it's things, there are some things that are important because you come back to them later. Mm. And there are some things that, they're not necessarily important plot-wise, but it fleshes out their world. Like, yeah. those things are, they are still important, you know, they're still valuable. They're vital. Yeah. It's immerse, immersion, right? That's what, that's what allows you to do it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And... What uh, do we have in terms of outpost? What's your question? Tell me what's your question. What's your question? Tell me what's your question. What's your question? Tell me what's your question. What's your question? Tell me what's your question.
Okay, so Rachel, wedding photographer, Shutter and Joy, also sent this message that I didn't read out okay. in front of Rob. Michaels. Well, just not for Rob. She says, just wanted to say how grateful I am, brackets, and I assume I speak for others, that you are continuing this podcast. You clearly have busy lives with babies and jobs, etc. And Rob definitely isn't a Potter convert yet. Brackets are full. So you could have just you so you could have just dropped it, but you haven't. I love listening and reading along with you, and it puts a smile on my face, which we all need these days. Thanks, guys. Well, that's Rachel. lovely to hear. And obviously, like, I just massaging our ego by reading it out rather than just appreciating it. Um, that is nice. I didn't read it out for um, Rob because I didn't want him to think that he had a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good strategy. Don't let Rob know that people, um, um, so you know, are grateful that we're that we're, that I'm we're really going on. Appreciative and. But I'm not willing to risk it by letting Rob know how appreciative you are. Yeah, thanks for that, Rachel. That's really kind. Thank you. She also sends another voice note. Me again. But you guys are the only people I can talk to about this. And I don't even know you. Anyway, um, doxies and boggets and other magical creatures. Why are they only ever in and around wizarding family areas? Seems like a massive cop-out to say that they are just attracted to the magic um, because, you know, we know that lots of wizards and um, witches live in non-wizarding communities because we know that there are some all-wizarding communities that are very rare. Um, why, why haven't more people seen strange things like Thestral's um, and all of that nonsense. What do you think? Interesting thoughts, Phil. Yeah. So annoyingly, like I do, I do think it's exactly that. I think it's to do with the conditions that they can live in. Um, like would lice live like under, like in like moist kind of damp areas or whatever. And I think it's all to do with with that. So it's to do with like the type of ingredients that um, wizard families cook with the type of wood that like it's um I think a lot of because obviously you've got um what's the name of that animal that lives in wand trees of like wand wand wood a bow truckle and like it says like they commonly dwell in uh, yeah trees of like wand making quality but I wonder if it's if it's also like a, a tree's ability to like make a good wand is to do with its like exposure to it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword so it's not just that they're attracted to um holly trees because we know that like harry's wand is is holly it's to do with those trees that are um like infested with bow truckles or whatever your amazing wand makers like Ollivander are sensing the magic in that tree and know that that tree is going to the wood from that tree is going to be good for wands do you know what I mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so what I mean is that I do think it's exactly it's not so much that they're drawn to the magic it's that the cultural environment of a wizarding dwelling 
is going to provide different conditions to a muggle dwelling and therefore attracts a di different types of like insects and pests and animals and those kinds of things. I think when it comes to things like thestrals and centrals, I think thestrals are probably invisible both to wizards that haven't seen death and to all muggles like um, like dementors are invisible to muggles. I also, yeah, and those, I think the bigger ones is you just have to presume that they're in areas where... Yeah, exactly. They're hunted and they're, yeah, they're in like protected areas, essentially. Yeah. And I was kind of saying like, oh, well, people have seen dragons. That's why there are dragons in folklore. And um, yeah. they do all those things, don't they? Where like, um, like, you know, when it's like really misty and you can like, not so much when it's misty and like, it's really cold. So you can see like it will look like smokes coming out of mm -hmm. a chimney or whatever like whenever that happens and me and Sky are walking to the bus I say to her oh my gosh there's a I just saw a dragon and then she was like oh yeah and like she thinks that there's dragons around here do you know what I mean so it's one of those things where it's almost like muggles make excuses for things yeah. that they are do you know what I mean I always think it's like you, yeah, you explain away what you see by what you know. Yeah. If you see something rustling, you'll think, oh, it's probably a fox or a cat. Yeah. And actually, you know, I've never seen, I don't think I've ever seen a hedgehog. What? I don't think I've ever, I've, I, have ne I know I've definitely never seen a live badger. Like, so... There are no, I've not seen a lot of gadgets. There are non-magical creatures that you know are in your environment. You know they're there, but you don't necessarily like see them firsthand because they are not confident. And they perhaps, I don't know, obviously, um uh what is it the ones they're trying to get rid of at the Nazis. Is it Doxies. Doxies is the word in Grimmauld Place. No, I'm thinking about in um, the borough. Gnomes. The gnomes. Really, yeah, they're really, um, you know, they're not shy, right? Yeah. Um, but they're, because they're used to having that relationship and that confrontation with yeah. humans. But, you know, they might not, you know, creatures who are not used to having that interaction may be a lot more shy. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of things going on. I think a lot of the bigger stuff just can't be seen by them. Um, you just need to have magic to see them, or like like you guys said, you you might see it, but pretend to yourself that you didn't. Mm. Uh, I think there might be a bit of obliviating going on. Mm. Um, probably some coordination between like um, different departments in the ministry. Like there is the department of like magical creatures like control of magical creatures so i think yeah. if the magical species like say the doxies who might be more inclined to do something like infest a muggle house that went un um unused because i mean doxies are there in grimoire place because it's been unused yeah and they don't just live in houses they've taken up residence in that house because they're not going to be disturbed yeah and so i think for example if doxies infested like a muggle house and yeah. the muggles found them, came across them, then like they would get admitted way... to St. Mungo's and yes, yeah, they'd get covered up. Some way that they'd know that and it would just get covered up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most magical creatures are just kind of secluded enough and hidden enough that muggles just can't see them or don't see them. I yeah. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, there is a whole department dedicated to yeah. the, this problem. That, yeah, like, so making sure that muggles don't come across them. Yeah, or dealing with yeah. the repercussions when they do. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know lots of muggles are getting men in black flashed all over the place, as Rob likes to put it. Yeah, absolutely. Things, and I think this is one of them. Millers, any more um, OP, as we like to call it? Up. Um, okay, yeah, so we've got some from Steph. Long time friend of the show. Um, she, first of all, she says, firstly, a big yes for me to mugs at a 2023 calendar. My 22 <laughs> is still up in my office. <laughs> Before we go on to whatever else Steph says, just a fun fact, like just related to what Jenny said about sorry Rachel what Rachel said about appreciating us still doing the podcast fun fact for like the time that we've been doing the podcast the four of us have never been together ever yeah, never it's, it's it's kind of crazy we were saying earlier well I said to Matt do you think we'll all, ever all be in the same room and he said no I don't think we will he was like there will be a case and I was like maybe like when like like our baby is like has an 18th birthday party. Maybe we'll invite like you guys. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So, like if it hasn't happened before, then for the last ever episode, we have to all get together. Yeah, that's a yeah, good idea, yeah, actually. Yeah. That's a, that. That will be our cutoff. If we get to the final, yeah, but we still not we haven't met physically. We will actually do it all and together. The big, the big question is that will that be before or after our baby turns 18? <laughs> almost certainly after right what else did Steph have to say sorry for that, like, for that yeah, but also, also though just a quick interjection like because my children are like getting like bigger and more self-sufficient like yes the second one the, my the youngest is under two still but we're going to get to a point where it's not going to be that big a deal for me to come to London and you two live in London like I'm the issue you yeah. are the odd one out, yeah. Yeah, you don't forget, I'm going out on Saturday night. You're coming out, out to London? Uh, not to London, but, like, I'm leaving the house past nine o'clock. Wow, that is brave. So, like, times are changing. Is Arla making her own spaghetti beans? Yeah. Oh, bless her. Right, come on, what Steph said. Okay, Steph says... She says, I love the introduction to the ministry in Chapter 8. To chapter seven, but I really dislike chapter eight. Ooh. I just don't understand how they have made a whole Wizengamot hearing possible for a case of underage magic. Also, it's in front of a muggle, but oh, oh sorry. Also, it's in front of a muggle, but that's Harry's cousin who already knows about the magical world. That's the end of it. That's the point, though, isn't it? But that is the point. Yeah, yeah that, that is, is exactly the point. So unreasonable. And no one can believe it. It's showing the lengths that the ministry will go to to discredit him. It's not a fair hearing. There's absolutely nothing fair about it. Like, yeah. Two things that I thought were interesting about the hearing. Number one is they do the votes kind of for Harry, as it were, or like against the conviction first. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then they do the votes to convict. And if I was 
fudge and I looked around and I saw all the hands up. I'd just abstain. I wouldn't put my hand up to the second one. I'm not sure you can abstain in the Wizengamot, you know. Maybe you got I don't know, but it just feels like, oh, just don't he knows that he's lost then, and by putting his hand up, it's like I know what you mean. Mm, yeah, as a minister been... for magic, it's like embarrassing, isn't it? And it makes him like annoyed and flustered and angry. Might have even been more powerful narratively to have votes for conviction and you know four go up straight away, a couple of stragglers, and then just as Harry's worrying that yeah, more, more go might go up, up, it's just like stillness. And he yeah. figured out, like, okay, only six people have voted to convict me out of like what forty or fifty. This yeah. Is so yeah, it, it is a weird little vote. And yeah, Steph, I, you're right. I, I, I completely understand what she's saying, but I love the chapter for that. Mm, me too. Because I love that Harry's put in that awful, unjust um, situation where like all of the, you know, the scales of like power. And the power dynamics in the room are totally against him. And then Dumbledore just breezes in. And that's how Dumbledore, this is part, one of the parts of the book that I think uh, positions Dumbledore as a powerful character in our like collective consciousness, because it's like Harry's got the weight of the world against him. And suddenly just like one advocate as Rob used the the technical term, one advocate is able to sort of swing the balance in his way. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely set up. It's set up for Dumbledore to come in and save the day. And it's it's very de it's demonstrative of the kind of lack of checks and balances. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. And and how easily swayed it, um, how like fragile the um like the political, it's just all very fragile, isn't it? How easy it would be to be completely primed for Voldemort to take over yes. because it's yeah, already it's become, it's power. not impartial at all. Yeah, it's lost all its impartiality within a couple of weeks because yes. that main person is fearful. And yeah. because of that, it's all just basically gone to shit within a few weeks. And I only, I only really had like, one point in the deep dive and it's but it's related to part of what Steph said you, you, does she have something else to say no we saw that more outposts that's fine I just thought we could get it done now mm. it was purely about that line of like in the presence of a muggle and that it was Harry's cousin because that's the second point that Steph's making like yeah shouldn't that mean that it isn't a, an issue that he well, did it not... in front of someone who um who already knows about the magical mm. world that's not and that's not infringing on the statute of secrecy then no, or, or is not. it no well i think it doesn't risk the statute of secrecy it, it obviously is still against the underage magic law but mm. but yeah it's not like doing it in front of a crowd of muggles who don't know about magic no, somebody could have been walking their dog couldn't they? yeah there is obviously he is it, it's a risk to the Statue. I think what surprised it, what very much surprised me when I first read this chapter was all to do with the fact that I thought the first time reading this that Fudge would be complete, either completely in on it, like knew that there were Dementors and knew that they were essentially like 
that Harry had had to use a Patronus charm or he was going to die or whatever yeah. or get the kiss or whatever. And so my shock was like completely from the point of view as he seems genuinely bemused by the whole thing. It becomes clear during this that Fudge thinks that the Dementors are a fabrication. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's quite that's quite surprised that I think the first time I read that that really surprised me it's confusing at the time isn't it because you don't know you yeah. don't know how it all happened yeah yeah, yeah and the subtle significance which is basically that uh Voldemort, what's going on behind his back yeah Voldemort now has control of the Dementors and the Ministry are not aware no that's not the no, truth no 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 because Dolores said Dolores sent the Dementors that's oh, why yes. it's confusing because you think that either they're out of the control or Fudge sent them. And exactly. Not the fact that it's neither, it's neither of those. Yeah, she yeah. reveals that in the forest. Yeah, exactly. She? Absolutely well done. Yeah, you're right. Good spot. So that's that's confusing because neither of those are what you expect. Yeah. Yeah. What what surprised me? So we will come back to the other outpost. But what surprised me about the hearing is that I thought. The that Fudge, I thought, well, there are Dementors there. I thought Fudge's argument, because even if there are Dementors there, you think, oh, well, Harry's got this this defence of what is it that? Oh, you can use magic in life-threatening. Yeah, life-threatening situation. I thought that that the argument would be that a Dementor is not a life-threatening situation. Yes. Because they don't end your life. Yes. They they suck your soul. And I thought that was going to be like his argument. An argument. And actually, they didn't even get into that. that. No. Uh, Perhaps because it's a children's book and it's a bit. um, No, but I think, because I don't think that would sway with the Wizengamot anyway. I think that, I think, I think everyone in the Wizengamot. Would, would, know would yeah more. would be like no if it was my child I would want them to yeah. if it was me and I've been told I was banned from using magic for a month on on probably I I reckon like Dementors is, is such a like it's seen as a fate worse than death that it would almost be written in that like examples of life-threatening situations include that of a Dementors case you know I even think that would be specified because yeah, it's probably, probably sorry, Phil. Yeah, because it's literally described as a fate worse than death. It's what's given to people um, as worse than killing them. You know, yeah. it's yeah, like no, a punishment. I completely agree. It's just when I when I imagined this as kind of like a legal. That was what. Yeah, that was what you were thinking. Yeah, because I know often these things, and often, you know, when someone's convicted or not, cannot can be. Quite technical. Mm, yeah, yeah, so you mean. Let's be clear, if there was a professional prosecution, they probably would have gone for that if it wasn't written into the law. Yeah. Words Dementors Kiss were not in the law. Mm. A professional prosecution, you know, we'll a ministry that, yeah. prosecution service would have gone for it. Mm. It's just in the Wizengamot, it seems that the head of the Wizengamot is the um prosecution yes yeah 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 yeah. Mm. and they can have an advocate 
um, a defence advocate, but the prosecution comes from the Wisingamot, and Fudge obviously isn't a professional in that regard. Yeah. Bones is the kind of legal expert in the room. Um, but no, it is telling, I think, that they don't even go down that that path, probably because it's a kid's book, but also because, yeah, it must be in the law or kind of accepted that that's a life-threatening scenario. Yeah. What um, else do we have? Another a piece of outpost from Megan, who is mother of Gummy Wallop. Oh. Hello, Megan. Yeah. Um, she says, I would never have thought about how rhubarb crumble is out of season in August. When is rhubarb in season in London? We grow rhubarb, which is quite easy to grow and maintain where we live in northern Maine, USA. It grows from June to September here, and I make rhubarb crisp. Rhubarb crisp. I think that's like... Um... Brittle? No, no, no. It's like crumble, but it's a bit... It's maybe more like... Um... You make it with crisps? No. Like the pasta bakes? No, it's like basically it's like rhubarb crumble. Okay. You guys I don't know it's called rhubarb crisp. Can we have a recipe or a picture? Yeah, can we have a picture and or recipe for rhubarb crisp, please? Um, I think Megan. I think the word crumble is like British. It's a quite they a British word, that, isn't it? They have cobbler in the US. Yeah, yeah cobbler. But I think crisp is a bit more like. It isn't cobbler like with cake on the top. It's, it's like, like a sponge. It's like bits of dump, sweet dumplings on the top. Oh, that sounds divine. Sounds like a load yeah, of cobblers. You wouldn't eat that, you would just eat the food. <laughs> yeah, load of cobblers. Cobbler. Anyway, she says, we had it a couple of times a month this year. We also freeze our rhubarb. Sorry, Jokes, move it up, do you think? Looks like we're getting charging. <laughs> we also freeze our rhubarb since we have so much of it when it is in season. Oh, divine. So, Rhubarb here is like the first fruit to come. Is it? Vegetable, isn't it? But it's the first fruit to come in the spring. Mm. Yeah, so like, like March, April. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes like basically through the spring, but it's like the first. So I think basically it, it also, obviously you can like keep it and freeze it, but it ends up, I think it is, quite easy to grow here as well yeah I think so um, but it's like not got a great reputation I think mainly partly because well partly because it's quite um it's like sour, a, right? yeah it's like a gooseberry like people are a bit scared of it and I well I think it's like also it's for a while it's literally all that there is in season so you yeah. can have it because like oh that's all there is but like not having it because that's what you want. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not, I don't think it's particularly popular here. No, it's, it's not. amongst a certain age demographic. Well, it's old school, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon, I mean, it's a thing that you have to cover in sugar to enjoy. That's, yeah. that's what I classify yeah. as. That's why you make it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's what we should do. We should we should be more more seasonal. If it requires covering it in sugar, and obviously, sugar obviously, sugar. sugar grows here all year round, so that's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> she also stay. says, "Long comment about food. Maybe there could be a food commentary every now and then in the podcast. I think the food is part of what makes Harry Potter so fun and relatable." Agreed. Yep. 
So when she says a food commentary, what, like we should all just say like what we have for tea? No, well, this, okay, Phil, we'll come to that. <laughs> about what they eat constantly when a lot of novels don't mention food as much. Certain foods are definitely referenced more than others. I've noticed that Harry's favourite dessert is treacle tart, mm. which I've never had other than trying to make it myself. Mm. Oh, it's this is so good. She's obviously not British. Yeah. Um, treacle tart is great. It's nothing on a pecan pie, though. Um, no, pecan is better than pecan pie. You're mental. <laughs> um, I sometimes have to look up pictures of the food since it's more British cuisine. Mm. I have the unofficial Harry Potter cookbook. I love that. Unofficial. And, That's so cool. It's not an official one. Yeah. And I've tried a lot of things in it. I guess the kids never drink water in the books, but they definitely drink pumpkin juice. Mm, that's weird. Like, nobody drinks that in the UK. It's, it's very British, isn't it? It's very traditional British. Like What, pumpkin juice? No, the food. The oh, food. yeah. Um, that's like especially like Molly's food and the food at Hogwarts. Yeah, like, it's very... it's like what you would be served in a pub fifty years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally in the hole. You know, yeah, steak and kidney pudding. Loads of yeah, like your syrup sponge, your jam roly poly, your bread yeah. butter pudding, like what, like really and heavy. Oh, I love a treacle tart. Oh, you can try better. Um, I don't think it's a very good diet for the kids, is it? I think we've talked about no, this before. No, it's all awful, yeah. It's bad, it's but bad. But they, they do probably need, like, the... They need to stay warm, you know? Because this got Scotland as well, where they are. It is the diet of someone who lives somewhere cold and yeah. rainy and miserable. Yeah. Uh, like, depending on how recently they, like, like their family have been in the UK, like, the Patil twins must be, must be absolutely gutted. Like, they're probably eating amazing food at home. Mm. Oh, uh, I bet, yeah. 11, and then they go to Hogwarts and they're like, what is this mash? Yeah. <laughs> you just get what's this potato and butter and salt. in the Triwizard yeah. tournament they like make the, they make the point yeah. to diversify like what they offer a bit mm. just just for that like they don't think it's worth doing that for in general general intake nope. yeah it's not even like um like a package holiday where like you might have Italian night where there's like pasta and pizza nope Kerry and I, like, yeah, literally, they don't have any of that. I I agree with Megan. I love I love all the food. Um, yeah, I encourage people to message in with any thoughts they have on food or yeah. just like, things that they've made inspired by it. So yeah, if you've made things from your from the cookbook, so like um, I talk quite a lot about food, and I it would seem that I talk quite a lot to um my daughter Sky about food and uh, about um a week and a half ago there was this thing in in her school and they were like oh on this day we're encouraging all of the parents to pay for um school school dinners that day so Sky normally has packed lunch so I was like okay cool she can have a school dinner that one day or whatever and um th for like the whole week I was like you're getting you're getting school dinner right when they call you for um, so it's this Eskol Kenya. So when they call you for Eskol Kenya, you need to get in the line for Eskol Kenya. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So then she got off the bus and I was like, oh my God, how was it? And she stopped where she was and she was like, and she, she opened up her bag and she passed me a picture and she was like, I drew it all for you, Mummy. And she taught me through everything that she'd had. 
So she'd had peas and carrots she's had and sausages and then she was like and then there was like this this is like a brown soup and I was like is it gravy she was like yes <laughs> gravy <laughs> and then she'd drawn these other things and she was like they go in the oven and she'd drawn them they were just like these round like just like round blobs and the ages we couldn't work out what it was and it was Yorkshire pudding, oh, Yorkshire pudding. Oh, Yorkshire don't forget pudding. like she's in school getting these and they're telling her it all in Welsh so she doesn't even know like what to say yeah. to and then she was like and then this was a pudding and honest to god she hasn't stopped talking about it she was like mummy it's ice cream and then it's pink and then there's like like bread around the outside and I was like do you mean like a sponge and she was like yeah like and I was like it's an arctic roll she had an arctic roll right arctic roll yeah that's no I've never had one it sounds sounds like she had toad in the hole she's having basically hogwarts food yeah Yeah, she had hogwarts food my friend um, her baby's just started her baby's like just turned one and just started nursery and they have like gravy with everything Really? Like literally, so it'll be like burger and gravy, buckwheat <laughs> and gravy, rice and gravy, like gravy, just everyday gravy. Buckwheat and gravy has never been put together by anyone at home. So ever. weird. It just, I think just whatever they're having that day, and then there's gravy. It's te- always teamed with gravy. But it's like a brown soup. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant, Sky. And I said, oh, did Eb, were you all encouraged to like draw your lunch for your parents? And she was like, no, I just, I knew you'd ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't want to forget. Well, I mean, yeah, this is what I was going When I read this message from Megan, I thought, oh, like she doesn't realise that, that Phil is someone who, when she sees you, she'd be like, oh, what do you have to say? <laughs> like you you always tell Phil what you've, what you've had. Yeah. Food, food is a big part of Hogwarts world building isn't it again it's it's like the exhaustive list of departments in the in the ministry you don't need that detail but it's texture and it's it's fantastic it is fantastic and it it brings it it brings that nostalgic school food element to things as well but I also think it's characteristic of just JK Rowling's writing because in the strike novels she talks a lot about food as well yeah she, like she or like there's a lot of like what they ate what he had what he was eating at that point like loads of that seems to be a bit of a fantasy trope as well and I suppose that's because in mm. fantasy you are required to do world building often exactly. you're required to paint the the background in for the, the people who are reading it mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of that in Game of Thrones like in the novels of Game of Thrones there's a lot of extensive description uh, of the food and I haven't read the the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings as well, but like I get the vibe that there's the a lot. Hobbit says lots. Yeah, there's a lot of food talk in, in Tolkien's work as well. What uh, next? Got quite a lot of albums from Lindsay Millington. Long time friend of the show. Um, I don't think we'll cover it all. <laughs> it's too much to cover. <laughs> Actually, too much is going to have to be. It's going to have to be cut. What, what? Okay. First of all, she says, why is it more difficult to operate in the dark? I thought you couldn't see where you were going anyway, and you just had to picture the place in your head. I think anything's harder in the dark when you're doing it to start with. That's an interesting question. I kind of get what Lindsay means, but I also... Theory, I don't... 
kind of get what Phil means as well. When you're getting used to something, when you're getting like used to an area. If, it, if it's all imagination, then. Did it say specifically that it's harder because it's in the dark? I, I, no, I, because it's an open I, I think. I think Fred or George goes, oh, it's hard in the dark, but they might just be making an excuse. They're making it up. Yeah, they might just be like, oh, yeah, what would you know? It's an excuse for not having quite got it right. And because they apparate, like, right onto their beds or whatever, and they're, like, trying to make out like it's an accident, but let's be honest, they probably meant to apparate, like, on top of them for Vance. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like when you go sit and you're like, oh, I didn't see you there, just to someone off, but, like, they're probably doing that. She also says... it. Only really sank home this reading of Order of the Phoenix, the significance of having a weapon that could kill lots of people at once, mm. as suggested by George. I'd always seen the suggestion as being naive and childlike. However, wizard warfare seems to be mostly one-on-one with a war with a wand, just like sword fighting. I guess there are ways of maybe destroying a building or vehicle for the people. Do they not have the equivalent of gunpowder or other ways of making bombs or the equivalent of chemical weapons? She also well, this is a okay. question. Well, it is it, uh, uh, most of what we experience is one on one, but I do think it's that's not necessarily the case when lots of wizards come together. So, for example, the because they talk about the bridge the bridge accident, the giant, mm-hmm. like all of these catastrophes that happen at the beginning of book six. six. Yeah. And they're all basically like acts of warfare, like a bomb, like that bridge didn't just collapse, like a wizard blew up the bridge, do you know? Like, so they do have that and it actually is referenced. It's just not referenced in as direct a way. And if you think about Sirius, when... Pettigrew blew up the street and that resulted in the death of something like 13 muggles. Yeah. So it does happen. You don't hear of anything on the level of like nuclear warfare though, do you? No, no, no. But nuclear warfare is pointless. Yeah, I do know what you're like. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's good people not to have it. Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose, I suppose because this is essentially a civil war. So nuclear warfare isn't wise in a civil war. Yeah. yeah. Nuclear warfare, it has hugely detrimental effects to like a miles, a massive, massive radius. And then you can't go on that land and occupy that land. Like you want to rule over land in, in, in like a, in a war. It's not, I don't think in civil war, nuclear war is ever really, an, op- the, uh, an you know, king of king of the ashes exactly you want um, to be like yeah exactly i think in the wizarding world there's the sort of dueling on a code as well i just think it's i just think it's more one-on-one yeah um, unless you are trying for some reason to murder a, a, a whole bunch of people at, at one time and then mm. i just to be quite powerful or against muggles who, who can't do anything but, about them. but yeah 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 what else um kate long time friend of the show says i love madam bones and dumbledore me too the, mm. i wrote only a couple of notes from this one and the first one was just madam bones yeah madam bones fantastic yeah bang in. 
um, and Dumbledore's flair and passive aggression in the court scene. I hope Rob understands that it is that it is being made clear to us that this is not the normal proceedings for such a matter. Absolutely outrageous that the minister himself is acting as an interrogator. Makes an absolute fool out of himself, though. All correct. Um, yeah. Bravo. Mm -hmm. um, she also then says, can the squibs see Dementors? Never sure what is being suggested here. Is Mrs Fig just not very good? Sorry. Is Mrs Fig just not very good or confident at describing them? I think she's massively intimidated by the situation. And I yeah, think... and she's not massively articulate. So it's just that she's not very good at articulating herself. But I don't think she's lying. If it says Squibs can see Dementors and she says she saw it, I don't think she's lying. It's, um, yeah, I think it's like quite confusing how that's written, actually. You're not, I don't think, yeah, it's like clear what you're supposed to believe. Yeah, I, when I was listening to it back today, I was, I've, I got the vibe that she didn't actually see this, but she's been told what to say. But maybe, you know, it's, it, it's like, we don't know, do we? Oh, no, I don't. But then, but then in the actual scene, it's yeah. clear she knows that what something's gone yeah. on. Yes. It's, yeah, I, I found it's like, I don't know. No, it, I think it, she it, did. But what, I don't know why she's almost trying to like confuse the reader. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I, um, I think it is maybe a, a, a deliberately trying to confuse the reader a little bit but I think it's more just about the character of Mrs Fig is a bit like oh well I'm gonna say this and it's a bit staged and pre-rehearsed because that's just like her character and because she is really nervous and really intimidated yeah I know people who if they had to go and do something like this would want to practice it mm. and just not want to deviate they're not going to speak mm. off the cuff yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that totally makes sense. And I think that the ambiguity that's added when um, I think it mentions that Harry feels like she maybe has seen a picture of a Dementor, but yeah. she's not really describing it as though she's actually experienced one. I think that's there to just kind of show us Harry's like nervousness and sort of hyper awareness of the situation. And those two things add up yeah bringing this ambiguity but in the actual narrative of the first chapter i don't see how she couldn't have seen them no she's so close like she's right on top of the incident she's right on top of she's right on top of the incident in the end yeah do you have any more outpost i have something here from longtime friend of the show emma jane can't actually remember if this is muggle mail or outpost i'm just going to play it see what happens Hello, hello. Um, just listening to the poddy, and I am responding to your question to Phil. What is brava? Oh, yeah. Um, brava is Italian in the same way that you would say bravo. You say brava if you're saying well done, excellent, good job to a female. So um, Phil using brava to Rob is incorrect, but if she used it to Miller, that would be, in fact, correct. So, bravo, bravo, same thing, but you have to be careful as to whether you're using it to male or female. Bravo, Emma Jane. 
Also, please ask Rob if he could draw us a picture. Oh, of... yes. You should have said this to Rob. Sorry, but I'll play it anyway. Could you also please ask Rob if he could draw us a picture of what he thinks creature looks like? Oh, that's a good idea. Um, Rob's good at drawing. Snogging trousers or sniffing bloomers. But I'd like to see I'll message him now. characterization of creature would look like. I think that's okay. a really good idea. We will definitely message Rob and ask him to draw a creature. There's one more message. I can't remember if it's related to the podcast or if it's related to our relationship, um, sort, sort of our meta podcast relationship. Let's have a look. So just thinking about how Rob's got this weird sexual undertone that he's reading these chapters in, I wonder whether that's because he's reading it as an adult. And if we all read it as adults, we might also be a bit like, be a bit like hmm, that's a bit weird. Just pausing the message there. So Emma's basically, she's making Rob's argument, right? Rob, that's Rob's argument, straight up. Let's see how she continues. I cannot remember what she says. <laughs> so potentially there's an um, opportunity to do a spin-off episode here. Can you find one or two other Harry Potter virgins? who have never read the books, get them to read that chapter and see what they think. Just that chapter. See what they think. And then have them and Rob on the session together, talking about it, debate it, see whether he is just a bit weird. Rob the Pug. I think Rob is a perv. Like, I think... I, do, I honestly don't think I would read this now as an adult and be reading it in the way that Rob is. We've talked about other virgins, Harry Potter virgins in the past, but I don't, I just don't know anyone that hasn't read it really, apart from Rob. And Not I just think completely out of context, just randomly reading a chapter. I just think, I don't, I don't think it would be like, um, it's got no context. Then do you know? Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd just be short of people. Uh, do we have anything else? I don't think so. I've got no elbows. Okay, so that's it. Thank you for listening to the Harry Potter Virgin. Our theme tune was an original composition by Patrick Steed. Our jingles were original compositions by Philippa Thomas, Emily Tonks, and Craig David. It's goodbye from Millers. Goodbye. Goodbye from Phil. You said good afternoon in Welsh, by the way. Um, I might like to say nostar. Oh yeah, nostar. And good night from me. Good night. Goodbye. Good night. Goodbye.